0: and a very good evening to you. Good evening, wherever you happen to be in the world. It's Wednesday already, and it's uh, the 12th of January, 2022. I'm the BBG, Richie Allen, and I'll be with you as always until 7 o'clock. I'll be taking your calls a bit later on in the programme. Before that, I think I've got a very interesting guest for you. Let's get on with it then.
1: It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford.
2: It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen.
0: Now, Damien works in an ICU, an intensive care unit, here in the northwest. does Damien. And he got in touch with me overnight to say that he faces losing his job in April. He's a member of NHS 100K and Manchester Allied Health Resistance. And he wants to talk about that with me. And I'll be delighted to hear him in around about 25 minutes' time as I've said previously, anyone working in the NHS or anywhere else who faces losing their job because they refuse to be jabbed. Well, this programme is wide open to you to come on and tell me your story. Damien will be with me. After that, then, for around about one hour, I'll be taking your calls. The details are on RichieAllen.co.uk. If you go to my website, RichieAllen.co.uk, and if you click on Comment Live, pinned to the top of the page are... The contact details: RichieAllen.co.uk, and comment live. Failing that, there is a Facebook page for the Richie Allen Show, run by my pal Raj. It's it's also there if you want the details. But I'll be playing the very silly jingle a few times as well, just in case you don't know. I'll be playing the jingle, you know.
1: It's your call, Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. 818 2018. Talk to Richie
0: now. Yeah, but not now, a little bit later on. How's that, eh? Freezing cold today, busy day at BBG Towers. Mike and Mike's father, Jeff are plumbers and they were here for most of the day plumbing, believe it or not. They were plumbing stuff for us. So a bit chaotic. Lovely lads, though. Nice to be chatting with them today. So I was working around that, as was El Frogo Tremendo. Chaotic scenes here at BBG Towers. But anyway. Well, there's only one thing to start with, I suppose, if you're interested in this sort of thing. I don't know. Here's Sky News at four o'clock. <music>
1: Hello, good afternoon. Our breaking news, the Duke of York is going to face a civil sex case trial after a US judge dismissed a motion by Prince Andrew's legal team to have the lawsuit thrown out. The case has been brought by Virginia Dufresne, who claims she was abused by the prince when she was 17. The Duke of York's lawyer claimed a previous settlement agreed between Miss Dufresne and the sex offender Geoffrey Epstein meant she could not claim further damages. Hey,
0: as far as bombshells go, the grand old Duke of York, he had 10,000 women. He marched them up to the top of the hill, found out they were underage and shagged them anyway. Right, so the grand old Duke of York will face a civil case in New York City, either later this year or early next year. Does it matter? I don't know. Here's BBC Royal Correspondent Nicholas Witchell. Do you remember, 15 or 16 years ago, I can't remember, Nicholas Witchell was following the Royal family when they were skiing somewhere. They were skiing. They were in Aspen, were they? Or I don't know where they were. Cloisters, cloisters, maybe. And Jugears. Charles was heard, overheard, mumbling, "I really can't stand that man."
3: Remember that Nicholas Witchell? Here he is today. Well, Nicholas, what's going on? This is now a monumental mess. A uh, monumental mess. Three days mess. now since Buckingham Palace confirmed all the details of the Platinum Jubilee, and we have the prospect of this civil sex case against her second son, the Queen's second son in September, and it's a long and detailed ruling from Judge Lewis Kaplan in the District Court in New York, 43 pages of it, but I'm just looking at it now, and it finishes with these words, the defendant's motion is denied in all respects. So, there we are. His attempt to have this case dismissed has failed, and I think that that was entirely predictable given the uh, the, 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 the tenor of the exchanges in court last week when Andrew's counsel was given a very hard time by Judge Kaplan and it appeared then that he was not being persuaded that there were grounds, these third party beneficial grounds which Andrew's counsel pleaded on his behalf, were he, that he was entitled to, Judge Kaplan has rejected all of that. So uh, it now goes forward to the prospect of a civil trial in the autumn Unless, of course, Andrew does now seek an out-of-court settlement. That would be, one imagines, costly to him. But there can only be an out-of-court settlement if Virginia Dufresne is prepared to settle.
0: Yes, now Virginia Dufresne maintains, has maintained constantly, that she isn't interested in a settlement. She wants the dirty laundry Not her dirty laundry, but the Duke of York's to be aired in court for everyone to hear. So that's going to be interesting. I bet you the Queen is raging today. (laughs) Did your mammy whack you around the arse with a wooden spoon? Now, mine didn't. My mother used far more serious implements than wooden spoons, than wooden spoons. But did yours take the wooden spoon to you? There's an image for you now. Picture the Queen running around after the Duke of York with a wooden spoon. Yeah, so as I said, Robert says, Dufresne uh, says, no, I don't want any money from him. I want this to come out in a, a, a court of law, a civil court. This guy's not going to go to prison. So it's going to be interesting. It's getting blanket coverage, of course, this afternoon. Boris Johnson is delighted. He's rolling around, kicking his legs up in the air. Thrilled that it, for the moment anyway, has knocked him off the top of the hour in the news rundowns. Because, of course, today, Boris Johnson went to Prime Minister's questions and he kind of apologised for having a porté at Downing Street on May 20th, 2020. But uh, laughingly, or laughably, laughably, suggested that it was a kind of a a working event. I don't know if you want to hear any of this,
4: but you are come on for the crack. Mr Speaker, I want to apologise. I know that millions of people across this country have made extraordinary sacrifices over the last 18 months. I know the anguish that they have been through, unable to mourn their relatives, unable to live their lives as they want or to do the things they love. And I know the rage they feel with me (laughs) and with the government I lead. The rage. When they think that in Downing Street itself the rules are not being properly followed by the people who make the rules. And though I cannot anticipate the conclusions of the current inquiry, I have learned enough to know that there were things we simply did not get right. And I must take responsibility. Number 10 is a big department with the garden as as an extension of the office. The garden is an extension of the office. Which has been in constant use because of the role of fresh air in stopping the virus. (laughs) It's actually quite clever when you think about it. And when I went into that garden just after six on the 20th of May, 2020. Go on. Go on. To thank groups of staff before going back into my office 25 minutes later to continue working. I believed implicitly that this was a work event. (laughs) but mr speaker he didn't notice
0: all the bottles of of prosecco lying around and the tables the tables full of cocktail sausages and cold meats no
4: with hindsight i should have sent everyone back inside get I, back inside you i should have found some other way to thank them <laughs> and i should have recognized that even if it could be said technically to fall within the guidance. There would be millions and millions of people who simply would not see it that way, people who suffered terribly, people who were forbidden from meeting loved ones at all, inside or outside. And to them and to this House I offer my heartfelt apologies. And all I ask is that Sue Gray be allowed to complete her inquiry into that day and several others, so that the full facts can be established. And I will of course come back to this house and make a statement. Lovely.
0: Sue Gray is a civil servant, and she's leading this investigation into all of the parties. So that's obviously nonsense, and, and look, you might ask, and you might be well within your rights to ask, Richie, why are you covering this? Why are you are you, are you interested in it? It doesn't matter, it's a sight show, it's pure theatre. It is, but I, I can't help but think... One of the things the scam demic has done is to reinvigorate people, or sorry, to re-engage people with public life and to get them interested in the comings and goings and doings and sayings of politicians. Now, I've talked about this even before the COVID scam. We talked about how certain events were used to re-engage people with politics and, and, and public life, political figures and to re-engage them with voting and all of that, right? And and, and this is part, somehow part of all of that, because it doesn't matter who sits, which puppet sits in Downing Street. It doesn't matter. The agenda will move forward anyway. That is the agenda you and I talk about all the time, and we will talk about it a bit later on in the programme. But the other thing is, I touched on it yesterday, and I certainly didn't mean to wind anybody up, because I know that people who listen to this programme faced the stress, and I can only imagine how stressful it was trying to see grandparents or or even mums and dads in care homes during the mid-part of 2020, the late part of 2020, even into 2021. And I don't take lightly that. I don't make light of it at all. But for me, the point still stands. It, It vexes me that so many people are raging at the fact that this guy and his pals paid no heed to the rules that they announce, because don't think for a moment that Boris Johnson invented or made up or came up with the idea for the rules and lockdowns. Johnson, as I've said a thousand times, and his predecessors are mere puppets. They are front men and women for a hidden hand for people whose names most people have never heard of. And, And that vexes me. Oh, th- we had it today as well before the announcement of Prince, Prince Andrew th- th- and and, and, the, and the fact that he will have to face a civil uh, uh, case in, in New York. We had it today, before that, people going on the TV and crying, actually crying about what happened. And this guy wasn't obeying the rules. And that vexes me. Why can't they jump to the conclusion that there's a bigger story? Well, maybe what's going on is that none of these rules were necessary to begin with. The virus was never... Dangerous enough to warrant any such measures: locking people down, closing their businesses, forcing children to to to, to 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 learn from home, closing schools for months. They don't make that leap, and that really upsets me. You know, and, and 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 I'm I'm naive as well. I'm 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 naive in 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 that instance, but but it's the hope that kills you because I I, I keep hoping that they'll make the connections and think, well, these people were obviously not scared of any virus. That's what you want them to, you know, that's the place you want them to arrive at. But they don't seem to do it. Sadly. Anywho. You can comment on the programme, whether or not you want to phone me, you can comment through Comment Live, that's on richieallen.co.uk. the very top of the page. You are listening to the Richie Allen Show, which is live. Live. From sulfur. Now, Joan in Toronto, how are you doing, Joan? She says, Richie, terrible news out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, tenants, adults and children over five who are not vaccinated are being thrown out of a McDonald's. There's a video online taken by an Austin Ferguson. Uh, his wife and son, his son who has cancer, were evicted on video from a McDonald's because they aren't or weren't vaccinated. That's fascinating, Joan. I wrote about um, Quebec on the website earlier on today. Quebec, of course, is a province of Canada. I'm sure you knew that. Didn't need you to tell me, Baldy, but I told you anyway. Uh, The Premier of Quebec has announced that citizens who have not been vaccinated will be taxed. A health tax will be imposed on people who have not been vaccinated against uh, COVID-19, that's the premier of Quebec. That guy's name is uh, Francois Legault. Francois Legault, that's the guy. Uh, he said that people who have not received their first dose of vaccine will have to pay a contribution. They haven't decided the fee. And that, of course, we've heard that before in Greece. By the end of this month, if you're a Greek citizen and you haven't had the jab, you'll be fined £100 for each and every month thereafter, you haven't had the jab. And in Singapore, of course, if you need treatment for COVID-19, you will be expected to pay for it yourself. So thanks for the information, Joan. I appreciate that. Uh, Dean Smith, how you doing, Dean, says, how many buses can they throw Johnson under? I bet it's all three at once, says Dean. Chris says, I think as much should be made of how they obviously didn't think the stupid rules meant any feckin' thing. Rule of sixty, obvious satanic bullshit, uh, came in next as Chris. That's the leap, Chris. We would like people to make. Stop crying about the fact that you didn't go to Uncle Jamie's funeral. Stop crying about it for a minute, and and ask yourself why were they partying and laughing and giggling and drinking? Why, why? If they believed that COVID nineteen was a serious. Airborne pathogen. Surely they wouldn't have been doing that. Let's make the next leap, the next step. Maybe COVID nineteen is not that serious at all. Maybe that's how we've been fooled. But again, they they don't seem to make the leap. Maybe some day, Alan says, Fat Man is going to go. It's all set up. Uh, The fat Fecker said the wage he gets isn't enough. We knew he was a liar. He is a published one. Such a shame so many don't see it. You might be right, Alan, but what does it matter? As I said yesterday, Dishi Rishi Sunak, not so pretty Patel, the utter goon that is Sajid Javid, former banker now masquerading as the health secretary, even if the general election was called next year or later this year, you might say no chance. I wouldn't rule that out. And in comes Starmer, what's going to change? Nothing is going to change. The agenda will advance. So it doesn't matter, you know. You've got to keep that in mind. Martin had the wooden spoon from mum, also had the belt from dad and the shoe. Our parents were sadists, weren't they? Eh? The the, the shoe, the stick. Yeah, I won't. I'll get upset. I, I can't talk about that sort of stuff. I left it all behind in therapy. Craig says, so Jufre's allegations are when she was 17. At that time, that was a perfectly legal age for sex. Whatever else Andrew may or may have not done, I'm not sure what can be achieved by this civil court case. Says Craig, thank you. Craig, yes. Mm, Thanks to Bruce. Thank you, Bruce, yes. I came up with that on the spot, man. I have my moments. Yeah, and a number of viewers saying that Judge Kaplan might need to keep an eye on himself and check underneath his car before turning over the engine. This is the guy who ruled that the case cannot be dismissed. You might remember Andrew's lawyer said, well, it has to be dismissed because when she settled with Jeffrey Epstein, when she settled with, with Jeffrey Epstein, she signed, a part of the agreement was that she would release other parties associated with Epstein from any such um, civil cases in the future. I think stress stresses, not stresses me, Andrew, the Prince Andrew is absolutely useless. He couldn't be more useless. Isn't that right, Pat? You have got
2: me there. As <laughs> useless as tits on a boar.
0: He's as useless <clears throat> as tits on a boar. Andrew is the most inconsequential person in the UK. Okay, he's very wealthy. He drives a big Range Rover. Spends his afternoons riding horses alongside fairly attractive women. Not a bad way to live, right? But he's useless. We know that Epstein and we know that 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 uh, Maxwell were were transporting wealthy people, but also connected people and also political people around the world on airplanes taking them to places that were wired for vision and wired for sound. Epstein was probably doing this on behalf of several intelligence agencies. And he was doing this on behalf of the people responsible for the Great Reset and the Agenda 2020-2030 plans. Keeping public servants honest. This is the frustrating thing. If Andrew has been, I mean, Craig makes an interesting point, I think, about Virginia Roberts' age at the time. I'm not saying I agree with Craig. I'm saying he makes an interesting point. But if Andrew was screwing underage girls with Epstein, he's a scumbag anyway. But Andrew is inconsequential. What about the others? We know Trump was a regular traveller with Epstein. We know Clinton was. We know Clinton was never off that plane. Old Bill Clinton and many others. That's the thing. 20 minutes past uh, the hour. Keep those comments coming in. RichieAllen.co.uk I'm sorry if I sound a bit heavy, but I've been smothering for weeks with an infection I cannot shake. I'm not a hypochondriac. I'm not man flu. I've been smothering. I feel great. No pain. No 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 nothing. Just constant running and nose and, and and chesty sputum and stuff like that. But otherwise I feel alright. I'm still running. Oh be Jesus, I'm running. Oh be Jesus, I am running. Yeah, from that day on, if I needed to get somewhere, I was running. And I haven't stopped. William says it was the belt for me, but I was a wee bugger. Would never belt my own kids, though. I'm looking forward to another year of quality journalism, he says. Give over, William, will you? You don't get any quality journalism here, pal. Stop, stop now with that nonsense. You get a big mouth. Richie, Wes, how you doing, Wes? Wes. Wes has corrected me. I should have read Jones comment more carefully. Wes says, and Wes is the man in the southern states, he says, Richie, it's far more serious than a fast food restaurant. Ronald McDonald House is a charity supported by local McDonald restaurant franchises to provide room and board for children who are undergoing extensive hospital treatment. I think the child in question has leukemia, and I think Joan told me that. Joan, mea culpa. Joan has come back on to say to me, Richie, it was a Ronald McDonald House. Families are put up close to hospitals where their children are are coping with life-threatening illnesses. I'm so sorry, Joan. That's deadly serious. And this kid was chucked out and his father was chucked out because they haven't had a COVID jab. Wow. Isn't that shocking? I'll have to look that up. Not that I doubt you for a moment, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll check that out. We might talk about it uh, at the top of the hour, but I'd like to talk at the top of the hour about where you see this agenda going next. I'll be taking your calls a couple of minutes after six. We'll be on for an hour. Here are the details.
1: It's your call. Skype chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018 if you're calling from overseas it's plus 44 161 818
0: 2018 talk to Richie now lovely stuff thanks to Rachel Savage by the way and to Spiro for the information this is Jackie Wilson then Jackie Wilson and I get the sweetest feeling on The Richie Allen Show, 25 minutes past five. It is the 12th of January 2022 and it's freezing out there in Salford land. Damien got in touch with the programme overnight. I'm glad he did. By the way, the messaging me through the website is working again. Now, please don't message me. Well, you can if you want. I shouldn't say that to you. If you want to message me to say hello do so. It's just I get so many, I, I'm not going to be able to respond to every one of them. But look, if you've got a story to tell me you think I might be interested in, you can send me a message through richieallen.co.uk. Just use contact. Now, Damien d- did, and I'm glad. Let me read you the, the the email he sent me, just a couple of lines from it. He says, Richie, I work in an ICU in the North West, and I will lose my job in April. I'm a member of NHS 100K and Manchester Allied Health resistant. Most NHS staff are hypnotised or just cowards. However, more and more are starting to speak out. Considering the fact that they are healthcare professionals, you'd think that doctors and nurses would understand what's actually happening. Uh, Unfortunately, it's turned out most are not that intelligent or just effing ball-less. No courage. I'll happily come on. Your show says Damien, and he sent me his um, credentials to, to 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 prove that he is um, he works where he says he works. Damien, thanks for reaching out to us, pal. How are you?
5: Hi, Rich, I'm fine. I'm okay.
0: Thanks for doing it. I'm uh, not bad. Stupid question first. How does it feel, or how did it feel, when you learned that the the government intended on basically taking your job away from you from April, unless you had. A a vaccine. How did you feel when you heard that? Did you suspect it was coming anyway, Damien? What was it like when you heard that?
5: Yeah, I kind of knew it was on the horizon. Me and my partner are both in the same boat. We both work in
0: the NHS,
5: and I've been more in more following this than she has. She's kind of come round to it in the last few months, really. But yeah, I knew it was on the cards or potentially, but I just we hoped it wasn't. Um, but as I saw things progress, and as I heard colleagues and how they were, I couldn't see any sort of resistance to it. I couldn't see any suggestion that if they brought it in, it would, you know, the, the NHS would kick off and it wouldn't happen. It's it's just happened nice and easy for them, really. And I am shocked because it's my career. I've been doing it for twenty five years. But I mean, even even though I knew it was on, it was coming. It's still been a bit of a shock, and I've, I'm at the moment, we're running around trying to work out what we're going to do. We've got mortgage, children, you know. So we've got essentially 12 weeks or so to try and get used to having not having this career, really.
0: You've um, touched on something important there. So the announcement is made and then you and your partner go back to work. And you're probably expecting that the, the talk will be about nothing else and that people will be angry, and they'll be whispering about taking some action against it. But you found the opposite. People just were like, yeah. okay. Yeah,
5: yeah, I've not heard any. I've heard you hear, people say it because they don't want to sound, I don't know, they just they just don't want to sound like they're on the side of the government. So people go, oh, it's out of order, this. It's a disgrace. But then they'll say, "But well, at least I've had my injection, thank God. So, you know, what can you do? That's what they're saying. They're not, nobody's, they've, Where I work, have found out they know that my position is I'll lose my job, and the partner will. And nobody has expressed any sort of disgust or what the fuck, you know, what can we do? Yeah, Is there anything, is there any way we can support you? Is there anyone we can speak to? They simply don't give a shit. It's a case of I'm okay.
0: I'm okay, Jack. I'm all right, Jack, and screw you.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what will be will be. And... Why do you like that? What I've found, the biggest thing for me, the biggest shock out of all of this for me, isn't the government being a sinister, horrible, vile government. Because all governments tend to be, and this one particularly, what it's been to me is I've been surrounded for many years by people I thought were intelligent, um, caring, moral people who who knew what was right and wrong. And this has just shown um, cowardice and Nurses who I thought were clever, doctors who I thought were clever, they're good at the jobs to a degree, most, and they can do the day-to-day role. But when it comes to genuine, well, this 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 has been this is an, an experience nobody's ever been through. So this was where people in the NHS should have stood up and applied that critical thinking that they always talk about and applied that, you know, I'm a nurse and I care. And I know what's right and wrong and patient autonomy and freedom of choice. This is where they should have applied it. And they've done the opposite. They've simply done the opposite. And when I put arguments to them that I, I'm no genius, but I know what's right and wrong. And when you look at the facts, it's pretty straightforward. When you put it to people, what's happening, Um, the craziness of the unjabbed and the jabbed being treated differently and how you can catch this virus or spread it with the vaccine, without the vaccine, it's as though you're talking Latin. They really don't know what you, They just look at you blank and then distract and go into another conversation so they're either not listening or they're simply too scared to acknowledge that they've been fooled and they can't admit it. I don't I don't understand it, but that's been the shock for me.
0: Is there a fourth so much
5: respect for colleagues and the NHS? You know, it, it's a terrible thing.
0: Is there a fourth option, Damien, that they're genuinely taken in by all of this and they believe what they've been told, yeah. and it's not just that yeah. they couldn't give an arse about you and and your partner, but that they genuinely have swallowed it hook line and sinker.
5: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure they have. But again, that 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 speaks to what they lack, what they must have always lacked as professionals. Because I'm no different to them. I'm no genius. I don't. I don't. I've not took the red pill and see through the matrix, and I get things they don't. I'm just a, a simple man with a, with a with a bit of intelligence, but. When it all kicked off for the first few weeks, I was the same as everyone. Shit, what's going to happen here? And then pretty much as the weeks progressed, you sort of saw a picture and started to think, hang on a minute. So I was able to apply that. And I'm just amazed that not many others in my circle, including family and friends, not just colleagues, none of them have seen something. out go, hang on a minute, that doesn't make sense. And what hasn't helped is the mass hypnosis of the clapping at the door, So that made the public believe the NHS were indispensable, this power that must be respected. And nurses got delusions of grandeur that we must be heroes. This must be dreadful. And we are these special people that need looking after And this is, and it's not, you're public servants, you're there to, you're public servants, you're there for the people, you're not, they're not there for you, they're not. The NHS, when patients started coming in with COVID, nurses would refuse to look after COVID patients. Or in your hospital, w- was that in, yeah, w- in our
6: hospital
5: yeah yeah, and in other hospitals I know of it where these patients came in and they were they'd be left for hours and hours and hours, almost full shifts before a nurse went in to see them.
0: And is because that because it, yeah, tra- right because the nurse was terrified that that COVID yeah, yeah, was the yeah, plague, yeah. and if I catch it, yeah, I could yeah. die basically.
5: Yeah yeah yeah, wow. but in that position, you're the nurse. You're you, it doesn't matter. You go in. You don't you don't land soldiers on a beach in a war, and then they see there's an enemy and think shit. I've I got wrong. to fire a gun. Yeah, <laughs> it's what they do. You, you, I've done it. We've all it. There's been umpteen flu pandemics worse than this, uh, swine flu H1N1, all sorts of things that we've looked at. I've had stuff coughed in my face, coughed in my mouth, thrown at me over the years, and that's that. You know, it's, you're not there for that, but they come first. You don't, and that's been the shift. It's been made, nurses now believe they are this pinnacle who must be protected not the public. And I've seen this firsthand. I've seen a patients abandoned. I've seen GPs let patients, you know, is run through to a GP or a doctor with um, a UTI or something significant and just be told DNA, CPR, end-of-life drugs, make them comfortable. And they've not got COVID.
0: You know, but is this is this th- this goes to the 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 documentary made by Jackie DeVoy and the iconic uh, team they've made a documentary yeah. about this about people being um the, the, basically, people being put on end of life care and given drugs that yeah. would hasten the yeah. end of their life. Can I just say this? Yeah. Um, yeah. My experience, Damien, we've got we've got loads of time. We've got till the top of the hour and beyond if we need it. So okay. there's no rush, okay. mate. Absolutely no rush. Okay. So don't feel that I'm going to cut you off. I'm not going to cut you off. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to think that you wouldn't come on here and, and lie to me. I'd like to think you wouldn't. So I'm, I'll obviously give you the benefit of the doubt. So if you say yeah. you saw nurses refuse to treat suspected COVID patients, I don't believe you're being untruthful. But I'd also like to believe that it was only a minority of nurses who did that. Would that be fair to say? Or was Yeah,
5: it- it's not, the, major- it's not yeah. the majority, but it's enough for patients to suffer and die. You only need one nurse or a couple of nurses to refuse to do the job. And the other nurses who are also busy can't necessarily step in and do their job as well. So there is an impact with that. I'm not ascribing intent to anybody, Uh, even doctors. I've seen doctors say horrible things to patients like, you know, dying patients or patients who who could die. Well, you took a risk and it didn't pay off. You know, we'll do our best, but you took a gamble, mate. I've I've heard this. I've seen on notes now where it says, across the notes that say unvaccinated, Like it matters. It doesn't change the care in any way. All that does is give is give some healthcare workers permission to blame or accuse or say, you know, well, says them right, you know.
0: This is kind of important (laughs) now. So in the ICU unit that you work at, you've seen patient notes where unvaccinated has been clearly printed on the notes. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And why why would they why would they do that? What difference should it make whether the person is or m- maybe maybe they think maybe there's a good reason for that. Maybe they think that the unvaccinated unvaccinated person is going to need more care and it's going to have to be kept. You know, more attention is going to have to be paid to them. Maybe could that be a, a, a reason for that? No, no, you don't think so.
5: The care is the same across the board. Having the vaccine, not having the vaccine, it's, it's across the board. It does not matter. Well, my question was asked really
0: badly. I'm an idiot, Damien. I didn't ask my question properly. Um, no, what, what I was thinking was, if an unvaccinated person comes in and they've got yeah. the COVID symptoms, maybe, yeah. maybe the doctors might think that person is more at risk of getting very, very, very ill because they've not had a jab. So let's make sure we know who the unvaccinated ones are because they're in more danger. But, but you're saying that's not the case.
5: No, I don't think. No, from I, I see it from I see it from intensive care. So I don't know about on the wards. Yeah. But my knowledge is that the treatment is the same. If you come in with if you're unwell enough to be admitted to hospital with COVID, then your vaccination status doesn't really matter because the 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 care required is the same throughout. So why do they put that on? I don't Fair know. Enough. Again, I'm not I'm not ascribing sinister intent because I've not I can only go off what I see and what I what I've sort of in, in uh, deduced from things. I, I I don't I can't say why why they do it, but I can't think of a reason why they should. Right. And also the only thing I've seen when when it says unvaccinated is it gives permission for a healthcare worker someone, or doctor to say well they're a dickhead so you know what did they expect that's all I see from that I don't see it doesn't change the care in it I haven't seen an unvaccinated person abandoned and they've said they're unvaccinated don't you know don't do anything it serves them right but I've seen them referred to in that way as though they're not you know it's their own fault a bit of contempt um,
0: it's, a bit of contempt for, like for people bad.
5: yeah it's just like a badge they're unvaccinated you know well you know what did they expect but it's bollocks that it's not vaccinated are coming in just as much more really you know. I've seen a couple of vaccine injuries. People who've had no issues took the vaccine and had a stroke. Not many, but it happens. Um
0: But you know what? So I in, get- you're you're speaking about one ICU unit where you work here in the northwest, and if you've seen yeah. a couple of people who've had adverse events as serious yeah. as stroke well, that tells me that's just one ICU unit. That would scare yeah, me, that.
5: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's happening elsewhere. It must be. It must be. I mean, you only have to look at the, the sort of yellow card and, and, you know, what's what's starting to come out. Some of the things that have been said a year, two years ago are starting to creep out. PCR has been useless, you know. Um, and these things are starting, and, and the vaccine injuries have started being, I've, I've I've seen more and more mention of it. But it's been done in a sinister way, like it's suddenly new, or like you see these adverts for looking out for child collapse and and all these things that we never never thought about two years ago, you know. So these vaccine injuries are there and they are happening, but you're not going to hear about it on. I don't have a TV license, so I don't really watch the news. But when I rock up at somebody else's house and they've got the news on, Jesus,
0: it's. It's terrible. You know, you think it was. Yeah. you, think it was, you think it was the apocalypse. It's wall-to-wall you know? propaganda, fear, porn, day in, day out. It, it, T- tell us about is. these people that b- may have had strokes and it might have been down to the vaccine. How did you hear about that? I mean, are the doctors talking about it? I mean, was there some sort of acknowledgement in the hospital know, that the strokes yeah, were?
5: Yeah, yeah, I can think of one in particular where it was acknowledged that there was no other... You know the, the 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 assessment led to the led to the acceptance that the vaccine had caused this woman's clot because so there was no no history of clotting disease or no history of stroke or no blood no history of blood disorders nothing like that and it was it was agreed that it was so they say it was a result of the vaccine but what the document I don't know so whether that gets documented as in the notes and referred to somebody that we have got an, a, a patient here who has died from the vaccine. I don't know what they do with that.
0: That's interesting that. Damien, well, let me just do a very quick summing up. If you've just joined the programme, yeah. Damien is on the line. He works in an intensive care unit here in the northwest at a hospital. He got in touch with me overnight because he faces losing his job in April because he hasn't had a COVID jab. Neither has his partner. He has a mortgage. They have children together, and this is a dreadful situation for him, his partner, and for everybody else who's facing this. He's upset that his colleagues... Arton's doing more to speak out on his behalf, particularly those who've had the jab. He's perplexed as to why they wouldn't stand shoulder to shoulder with those who haven't had the jab and stand up for freedom of choice and bodily autonomy. He's uh, upset about that, understandably. And uh, he's a member of groups like NHS 100K and Manchester Allied Health Resistance. Tell tell us this, Damien. Go go back, if you can, to March 2020, April, May 2020, When we were being bombarded with stories that, you know, COVID might kill half a million people, that people were on ventilators, people were dying. We saw the videos from Italy. We heard about America and other parts of the world. What was it like in the ICU you work in? How busy did it get and how scary was it? The
5: ICU? See, I'm in two worlds, so I work in the ICU, but I also dabble in community nursing as well. So I've seen it from both sides. Um, when it first kicked off, it was my partner who saw more of it in ICU. I was there. I went back later on. And from her and friends who worked in the ICU, it was a terrible time. They were absolutely swamped with the sickest patients. And it was a, it was dreadful. Um, but that's happened before. Um, so again, even though, even though I will say they were... They had, horrible, they had a horrible time and a lot of the nurses were really upset and affected by it. It was dreadful. Deaths in ICU aren't supposed to be too common. The idea is to go to ICU and, and you do your best and the patient survives. It used to be when there was a death, it'd be like, Christ, you know, such a body died. And people would be like, God, I didn't realise it. was Whereas during that period, there were deaths all day almost, it felt sometimes. What sort of people, Damien?
0: What sort of people were were these mostly senior people?
5: um yeah yeah and comorbidities and and yeah yeah and certain groups certain community groups who had particular lifestyles and uh, yeah it was it wasn't people it wasn't just 20 year olds and 30 year olds and 40 year olds with no history just coming in it tended to be the obese people with one two other illnesses um there was the odd person who came in who had no history of anything and was young but statistically, that will happen. You know, the fittest person can get struck down by the flu and die. Yeah. If the body's that yeah. powerful. The response of the body kills them, not the infection necessarily. So you do get that. But ITU was, had a terrible time in community. A lot of it was scaled back to just the the important visits that couldn't be ignored. So the palliatives, et cetera. Um, patient staff were, were moved to other areas to back up teams. Um, and a lot of the NHS, where I, a lot of the NHS, a lot of the trust I'm at and people I knew at other trusts, a lot of them it was the easiest time of their careers because everything stopped, but where COVID was COVID. and where where the visits had to happen. You know, it, a lot of people sat around for months and months doing nothing. You know, while getting clapped in the street and getting allowed in Tesco's first <laughs> because they're having such a rough time. And a lot of them have sat down doing nothing. District nurses, a lot of the time were just the vital
0: visits, you know. Um, what do you understand, so, Damien? Let's stay with this for a moment. How serious is the situation <laughs> regarding people who needed fairly urgent care for cancers and, and other illnesses that could turn out to be, you know, fatal or very, very, very mm-hmm. bad? How serious is the legacy of those people not being treated, do you think? How bad is that going um, to get? Um, uh,
5: country changing, I think. Life changing. I think this country is not the same country. I think the NHS no longer exists in the form it should have. Because all I saw was I saw people dealing with this virus at the time, but then I saw the re- rest of the NHS abandon everybody else. And the, the things that we were told at the beginning, there'll be there'll be funeral processions after funeral processions in the streets. There'll be mass graves, there will be, you know, every family will feel will have a death in it. None of it came true. And the figures now show that we're not the worst year for excess deaths, but we will be when it when they start to I, I've seen patients who've not been treated for cancer over this last two years, who've gone and who've found out they've got stage fours when they didn't. And, you know, a lot of patients, a lot of community patients died not from the virus necessarily but from um, neglect, they were abandoned, all the services pulled out. So you had, I remember patients dying. We were getting told of different patients in community dying and we'd be like, Christ, I didn't know they even had COVID. They didn't. So they were dying because the services pulled out. So their ongoing treatment's halted or they simply became very lonely. These visits from people, this, this input they had, was part of what kept them going. And a lot of people died of loneliness. I'm I'm 100% convinced of that. You know, I really am. And a lot of care homes were, you know, if a patient stopped eating suddenly or went off the food, a GP would say, well, just get if they become unwell, get the end of life drugs in and call the street nurses. Doctors wouldn't go in care homes. They wouldn't go in them. They would. I, I heard a doctor say, I've got a young family at home. I can't
0: go in. Do you swear to this, Damien? Can I ask you to just repeat what you said? Do you swear on your soul? Can I just finish the sentence that that some senior citizens were becoming, you know, um, a a bit unwell, a bit fed up. They might stop eating, and the answer to that was start giving them end of life drugs. And you know, doctors are not coming in. Was that really going on?
5: Well, it wasn't that. It wasn't the moment they became ill. Get end of life drugs in because one of the things with the end-of-life drugs and midazolam that's going on is where I am, and the only district nurses I ever know, give midazolam to patients who are actively dying already. We never gave midazolam to somebody to make them to make them become sedated or unwell. Or... So what the, what the GPs would do, this isn't all GPs, I can't speak for all GPs, I can only speak for the ones I've, I've come across, but it was a case of just make them comfortable. That was the first thing: make them comfortable. And if they get to the point where end of life drugs are required, then we'll get them in. Right. So it wasn't it wasn't such a body's not well. Oh well, let's get them some antibiotics. We're not and treating them.
0: them. Yeah. And
5: yeah. It was a case of just make them comfortable. And if 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 required, district nurses can come in, and and the last drugs can be prescribed my great well, friend again. my great
0: friend Hayden Hewitt his mother-in-law his wife's mother um died in a care home and and she died of yeah. neglect they they wouldn't go yeah. and see her they they left her to die yeah. there at yeah, the doctors believe that. yeah that's the truth he, whatever people might think of, Hayden winds up a lot of my listeners because uh, he doesn't agree with them on many of the issues we discuss here but he's one of the finest guys I've ever met and he's never told me a lie and uh, that happened to his mother-in-law, what you described
5: Yeah, yeah again, I'm not putting I, I don't know enough to be able to put sinister intent to anything certainly not with healthcare professionals, I can put incompetence to it, I can put neglect to it, I can put failure to act to it But I can't put sinister intent and I've never seen anyone given midazolam or end-of-life drugs who didn't didn't really need it. I've seen it prescribed and it be there and nurses have gone in and gone, why is midazolam here? That patient's eating and drinking or the doctor said, get it ready.
0: Yeah. Do you believe the families who spoke to Jackie Devoy that that it happened to them, that they were given these drugs unnecessarily because if the families I who spoke to but do you, do you think I, I know I know we can't prove it but um, they, yes. they believe it happened to them do you, do you think it's possible do you think it's credible yes.
5: yes because there are in the NHS and in care homes bad actors there always will be bad the actors NHS, well, the NHS attracts the best and the worst and it attracts the best nurses some of the best people I've ever met are nurses and some of the worst people are you know, you get your you get your, your 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 health workers who end up in the news, sort of with you know they were harming patients, etc., because they had the power to, and, and that nurse had an illness, munchausen, whatever. So it's not impossible that people received end-of-life drugs who didn't need it, possibly partly through incompetence. A nurse gave it because they didn't know what else to do, and perhaps I'm not saying it's not possible that people were given it who should simply not have been given it, because one of the things that I know this last couple of years, while care homes haven't had visitors or many healthcare professionals going in, where there is bad care, that's been allowed to flourish. Right. So I I can remember going into care homes and finding dying residents laying faeces and urine and a carer would say, well, they're dying. And you'd have to say, you know, so you make that patient, you clean that patient, you make them fresh, comfortable, you do everything that you would do for them normally, but in these homes where care might not be the best and a lot of the care homes are brilliant that care was allowed to flourish so there will be it's impossible that there isn't episodes where care has been um, worse than just neglect
0: If If someone has got dementia and other issues and they're coming to the end of their life if people charged with looking after them refuse to clean them and bathe them and make them properly comfortable, I believe and yeah. I'm not saying this to I'm not saying this to virtue signal, I believe this in my bones. Yeah. Those people should be arrested and charged. Yeah, yeah, I quite agree. It's disgusting that.
5: Yeah, I quite agree. And it happened, I promise you. I I mean, again, we've never met, I can't prove anything I'm saying to you. All I can do is I've give you, you've got my pin number, you've got my yeah, real I, know, name I know you're genuine, text. yeah. Yeah. Um I wouldn't, I've no reason to come on and tell you. I don't even feel I'm telling you stories anyway. I'm just telling you what I've experienced what you've seen, and yeah. my feelings on things. And yeah. I've seen exceptional care and I've seen disgusting care and I've seen doctors, I've seen GPs particularly be appalling in their attitude, um, cowards basically. They've stepped back. So GPs were in the prime position when this happened to step forward and say, right, let's fight this, let's do. And they backed off. They backed off. And that's unforgivable for me. And much of the NHS backed off. You know, it, it, there must be clever people in the NHS somewhere who knew this was bullshit, what was being done, that something wasn't right, there must have been. But there's, there, there are operations cancelled, there are cancer treatments not being given. There are checkups for people with cardiac diseases not being seen, COPDs are not being seen. And, it, you know, I'm no genius and people who aren't in the health profession were already saying what well, you know this doesn't seem right so it wasn't right
0: but you've it's had a quarter you've had a quarter of a century of experience in healthcare and yeah. during that time you've seen the deaths basically the deaths it's been decimated we we often talk on this program about how we have less than half the beds today that we did in 1989 i mean damien when you yeah. think about that That's absolutely insane. There were forty. I'm going to get this all wrong now. There were fifty-six or fifty-seven million people living in the UK Mm -hmm. in 1989. It was probably a bit less than that. We've now got sixty-seven and a half million, and we have less than half the beds today we did we did back then. That you couldn't call that incompetence. That to me screams deliberate policy. Wreck the service.
5: yeah it doesn't happen by accident, no, and so it makes me think was the policy see I'm not sure if when all this began, it was incompetence that then became that then became a plan I'm not I, I can't say it's that you know people talk about pandemics and and yeah. um, resets et cetera what do i I don't know what I can't say about that, but i've seen i've seen in the NHS for twenty five years incompetence, and we've all seen government incompetence. So it's not, it's not impossible that at the beginning of this was simply incompetence, but then became, are we going to get out of this incompetence? Well, shit, we need to come up with something. Let's, you know, we can't admit the NHS isn't fit for purpose. So let's create a narrative that the NHS is being swamped by this plague. When the real case was, it was a dreadful virus um, when it first kicked off. it's You know, things are easing now. But the NHS wasn't fit for practice for, for purpose. No. I and mean, no government's going to
0: admit that. And of course, it was so. it was really most serious for the elderly and the already ill. For most of us, it wasn't serious. I mean, it was serious for me. I think I had it in January of 2020. And yeah. I've, I'll yeah. never forget it as long as I live. And I had pneumonia in both lungs several years ago and was in a bad, bad way. And this was yeah. bad. So, yeah, I I hear you, Damien. Damien is with us. We've got another four or five minutes left on this. What, yeah. what what I wanted to ask you earlier on, and it slipped my mind. I was listening to various radio stations today, and I heard one or two people like yourself who work in the NHS. They work in nursing. They work in healthcare. They won't have the job, and they were asked yeah. by various presenters had they heard about the possibility of being redeployed to admin roles? Have you or yeah. your partner been offered anything or, or has it been discussed?
5: No. no, not yet. No, nothing yet. No, we've not had anything. Well, how would no. you
0: feel about that, Damien, if they said to you, right, look, you, you, you won't have the jab, we can't have you in a patient-facing yeah. role, we're going to put you in records or somewhere like that. What would you feel about that? How would you feel? Um... I've
5: got to look at working and not working, so it would depend, because I've heard of Band 5, Band 6 roles being offered Band 2 and Band 3 roles. So that's a drop in pay if they do do that or they keep the same pay rate. I don't know. I need to work. But to be honest, maybe I would do that for a short period of time. But my plan is to leave the NHS now anyway, because I've lost all respect for it. I don't respect many of my colleagues anymore. I haven't fallen out with people. I haven't made enemies because I won't. Because I won't let that happen. But the respect has gone. I've got close friends in the NHS who, since this has happened, and now they know the position I'm in, haven't really offered any support or anything, really. You know. So I'll be out of the NHS at some point in the future. If, I, if at, at some point I will leave, it's a shame because I love my job. It's what I am. You know, hundred percent is what I am. Twenty five years of, of your
0: life—you've given twenty five years of your life to yeah. again. Is there any yeah. any possibility that you could work for a private company?
5: I think it's all going to go the same way. Do you think so? And NHS NHS doctors work in private care. If you go to private care, usually you're getting speedier care from NHS doctors. Often, I mean, you know, one thing that happens in the NHS that has always happened is you'll get you'll get some doctor turn up for work in the NHS disappear for two hours and wonder where he's gone and find out he's nipped off to do a private during his NHS shift you know so
0: I wondered when I I used one of those online doctor services a few weeks ago when I needed steroids badly I wondered what there was a lovely Nigerian chap um, because I asked him where was he originally from and he said Nigeria but I got the impression that he was an NHS doctor yeah, talking was. to him, yeah. Was. Yeah, and he took 50 quid off of me. <laughs> and yeah. none of us has got 50 quid these days because my local yeah. NHS doctor just refused to see me. Yeah. Or to give so me the steroids. Be,
5: yeah, you Bastard. could be refused by a doctor and then see a private one the next day and it'd be the same doctor, potentially.
0: Potentially.
5: You know, doctors are businessmen often as well. Yeah. That's another thing that lots of doctors have businesses, The self-employed as well, or they own the own. Uh, agencies and things it's a money there's a lot of money in being a doctor as well um, not all doctors but there is you
0: know
5: so yeah it's the nature. yeah it's, 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 here's it's a final, highlighted Now, uh, here's,
0: here's, here's a final question for you for the moment because I think we're obviously going to pick this up again in the future you and I on this programme um, with your yeah, permission no doubt we're we're in sure. touch now so, so can I ask you this? I, and look, you can take a few minutes. And, and if there's anything else you'd like to say, you'll get that chance as well. Of course.
4: Yes. What, okay.
0: what, what are, what is the possibility? Maybe there's a possibility that as we approach April, maybe this will fall by the wayside. Maybe just maybe, maybe the closer we get to the time, maybe this particular yeah. government, maybe this particular health secretary, maybe they yeah. won't want. The negative headlines. Maybe they don't want the screaming for their for their blood when things go even worse in the NHS yeah. because of absenteeism. And maybe that sort of damocles that's hanging over your head and your partner's, maybe it'll disappear and you'll be able to carry on as normal. Maybe are you hanging on yeah. to a little bit of hope there? Um,
5: yeah, I'm not a pessimist, so yeah, I don't I don't believe it's not impossible that that could happen, but I'm not planning for that. I'm planning for the worst and hoping for the best. It's not, yeah, it, you know, but at the moment, I mean, at mo- loads of the staff where I work are off sick anyway, and they're all jabbed. They're all triple, double jabbed. So it's already struggling. So imagine in April, when on top of that, they then ask 50,000 nurses or, or then sack 50, 60,000 nurses. It's, it could well be that that decision's quickly, re- quickly rescinded.
0: Retracted, rescinded, yeah. Please, God, yeah, so Absolutely.
5: Within two weeks, three weeks' time, they're begging people to come back. It's happened in other countries, apparently. You know, is there um, anything? Um, there
0: are, sorry, go ahead, Damien. Go ahead.
5: I, I've heard of um, some places that are asking COVID positive staff who are off to self isolate but come to work. That's happening. Jeez. So if they're not symptomatic, but they're isolated, not going out anywhere. They've been asked, can they possibly come back to work? COVID positive. So I've been told that by another professional. So yeah. that's the world we're
0: in. That's the, world, chaos. That's you know, the world we're in. It's,
5: yeah, it's insane. And it, and the answer's dead simple. Wash your hands, don't go out if you're poorly. And if you've got comorbidities or you're worried, protect yourself. That's the answer. Back to normal tomorrow. Wash your hands, don't go out if you're poorly. Back to and take the vitamin it D3 doesn't.
0: tablets and the zinc and the magnesium yeah, and everything else and dose yourself yeah, yeah. up. Yeah.
5: yeah, look after yourself. Eat fruit and veg. You know, stay away from somebody who's vulnerable. If you're not well, you'd stay away anyway because who, whoever went out with the flu? Nobody. Just had a Even comment. That's
0: right. That's right. We didn't. If you had the flu, you stayed in until you got better and then you went out. <laughs> a couple of interesting comments from one from Isabel who says, if shedding is proven to be real and as dangerous as the jab itself... That's shedding. For anyone who doesn't know, shedding is the idea that if you take a job, that you shed viral load onto people or you shed yeah. what is in the is in the jab. Isabel says, if yeah. shedding is proven to be real and as dangerous as the vaccine itself, as some people have said, I can see private clinics and doctors establishing themselves just for unvaccinated people and retirement homes too. That's really interesting. Uh, Damien, can I, if there's anything you'd like to say, I'll give you 60 seconds to, uh, 30 seconds even to sum up before I take phone calls. Uh, thanks for reaching um, out to me, by the way. I really appreciate it. And before you have the final yeah. word, genuine good wishes to yourself and your partner and I hope this goes away mate and that you continue on in your job as, as you should yeah. do uh, looking after people. Final word to you and thanks for, for getting in touch.
5: Yeah, so I can't sum up the last two years because it's been like some bloody matrix nightmare but what I will say is most healthcare workers I know are good people. They're not sinister with ill intent or they're not because act- I've read a lot of things about people actively they believe that patients are coming in to be actively killed. I've had relatives almost attack me, saying I'm killing people. That's not what's happening, but there is. It is riddled with incompetence. It's riddled with fear. It's riddled with cowardice. But these were one. These were good nurses up until two years ago when they were put under this pressure, and, and they, they simply couldn't, they've not responded in the right way. Um, and that's the tragedy for me, that the NHS has just not responded how it should have. Um, as we and whether that's people will say it's, it's been done on purpose, it's all been planned. I can't speak to that, but I love my colleagues and I love my job. But that's changed, and it's changed for all the reasons I've said. Really,
0: stay in touch. You have my number. When there's news, yeah, give me a shout. When there's news, and we'll pick it up again. And I mean it. Good luck yeah. to you, your 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 missus, and to your children. And um, and I hope it'll turn out okay, Damien. Thanks so much for your time today.
5: Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: And bye for now. Damien there, he has worked for 25 years at an intensive care unit in the northwest of the UK, telling us about, you know, facing up to... The fact that he could lose his job and his partner could lose her job, and he has a mortgage and he has young children, all of that hanging over his head as we approach April. It's coming up for four and a half minutes past the hour. I'm taking your calls now till seven o'clock. I'll ask you to be brief. I mentioned on the on the on the blurb on comment live that if you got through to me last time don't call in let's give other people a chance but do be brief with your comment please do that for me today because i'm going to be inundated here are the details if you haven't seen them on the website
1: it's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk
0: to Richie now. Lovely, that's great, do talk to me Those are the details, as I said, richieallen.co.uk Comment live if you want to read them again Taking your calls after this from Candy Statton Candy Staten young hearts run free I can't waste any more time Let's get straight to the calls Caller, welcome to the programme You are live, who am I speaking with?
7: Hello, my name is Annika I live in France
0: How are you doing Uh, Annika, bonjour Which part of France do you live in?
7: I live in Lotte-Garonne, more or less Bergerac
0: Fantastic. It's lovely to meet you today. Welcome to the programme. What would you like to say?
7: Well, I would like just to, uh, to say, when I was 15, I, were, I was an actress in a play and it was called The Wave, uh, And it's a play based on a real uh, life experience. Uh, it was an experiment that the teacher in school wanted to do because he wanted to teach his uh, students what it was to become a Nazi, really. How normal people in the end of the war, said, we didn't know, we have das nicht gewusst, and how they got there, and how the whole mind manipulation goes. And so I played this play 55 times. We had like 100 rehearsals. So basically, in my head, I've been in like a dictature for 155 times, and I've played it in front of, oh, I think, a million youngsters in, in, in Belgium. This was I'm from Flanders. And, uh, well... This is really happening, and, and, and it's the same as in the wave, and I, everybody should, should watch this movie, and sh- they should show it everywhere, and you replace the white shirt of, of the teacher, because at a certain point he changes his clothes, and then you see people change their clothes, and they've got a greet, and it's, it's all like parallel with the things that happen. And it's, it's like basically, we humans, we, we are made to fall in this kind of trap. And, and it's not the first time in history. A lot of people think like, oh, this, this can't happen. This will not happen. And that's where the blindness comes from. And once we can really show that, no, it's just a human state and it can really happen to everybody. I mean, for me, the, we have it as nicht gewusst. People should understand what that really means. Like the, the person you just had on, all these beautiful uh, colleagues of him that work in in hospitals, of course they are beautiful people. But in the end they will also say, we have And we are on, on that stage. And my message is just uh, to the people that is really very, very necessary to do everything you can to open up everybody's eyes with music and and, and and stickers. I don't know if everybody's heard of the White Rose, but that's a beautiful uh, global uh, sticker campaign with all little messages you can stick everywhere. Um, Annika, I mean, hang there's on, there's so on a second. Much. Hold yeah, hold yeah, your please. thought. This
0: is fascinating stuff now. So you're you're, you're near Bergerac. You you you. Were, you acted in a play um, some years ago called 15 the,
7: I was, I'm 43 now you're
0: 15 so this is, this is called The Wave and it basically demonstrated how how people in Nazi Germany went along with tyranny how they just went along with it and you see parallels with what is happening today here's my question what makes you and me different why have we not fallen for it why are we not part of this kind of zombie behaviour, where we blindly follow government directions. Why are we different, do you think, in your opinion?
7: Well, I think for me, it's obvious when you live through that when you're 15, you, you never forget your experience. You have to know it, it was at the National Theatre. So we had psychological um, help. We really saw all the unedited un, um, um, images at that time from the um, uh, archives the piles of, of, of teeth, the, all of those things were shown to us. My 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 parents had to sign for me to be able to see this. Uh, and they also showed us these experiments where you, you just have to put somebody somewhere and, and put on a, a white coat, pretend you're a doctor, and then people will take you more serious. You know, bleed. these simple things, and all of these simple things, they've been used since the beginning, I, I, I could tell you like million, millions of of, of um, examples in which I, I see that this is exactly the same thing, and it's so clever. <sighs>
0: we're 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 actually we 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 are taught, aren't we, when we go to school, primary school, we are taught to believe in the authority, the unquestionable or the un unquestioning authority of the teacher, of the priest, of the doctor. And and this is drilled into us from a very young age, isn't it? That's got a lot to do with this as well. Absolutely. The policeman. It's
7: funny you mentioned those things because I used to be a teacher right. and I stopped being a teacher when I realised that I was the example of how you have to in a way kill your own being, your pure State of being, the, why you came here for, really, the reason why you were alive. As a teacher, I felt I, I killed it in the children. So I stopped being a teacher. Why are I we alive, did Annika? In religious studies. Annika, I did why are we? In religious studies.
0: What? Why are we alive? You, you've touched on something very powerful and profound, I think. So we, 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 we kind of squeeze out of children the real reason why we are here without going too deep and without taking too long. Why are we here then? What are we supposed to be doing, people, human beings?
7: Oh, that's a very deep question. <laughs> yeah,
0: for a few minutes, I know. It's, 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 yeah.
7: I, I, I Personally, in my personal story, I've, I've felt a few times really very connected uh, for maybe a very brief experience, but I've, I've had experiences several in my life in which I really felt that I was part of something big. It's part of something very important. And in a way, for me, I've seen it like we're like a little book in, a, in the in the big library in the sky. And every book that every one of us is writing right now in, in their lives is very important. Uh, I've, I've taken um, ayahuasca and I've done iboga. I don't know if you've heard of that. But I've heard of ayahuasca. Plants. Yeah. And and I've seen things in, in it. I could go very far in this. Uh, I've had a vision in which uh, I, I I I believed for a brief moment to to really experience the the truth that uh, in a way in the future uh, everything will become so technological that we gasp for these moments. And why not believe? For example, that in the future we are making this moment now happening, and we are having this battle. I know this goes very deep. Yes, I'm also yes. a David Dyke fan, but all of that has nothing to do with my uh, primal. I mean, yeah, that just goes further. But I can tell you when you're 15 and you're an innocent. I was very. I, I didn't had any much of life experiences, but I've had that, and in that play. Uh, we've played it for at least a half a million or a million—I don't know—but really a lot of people for 55 times for over a year, and it's award-winning. Uh, what we did in Belgium,
0: and um, uh, do you uh, think? Oh, hang on, hang on a second. Do do you think the people who saw the wave? Do you think that it would have it would have woken them up to how easy it is for them to be trained or for them to be, you know, kind of you you know, to become blind followers? Do you think they would have gotten that from the play? They would have learned?
7: Yes, because um, in the the pause, in the break of, of the play, we made these badges. And I, I was actually the person making them together with a colleague actor of mine. And so they were like a membership card. And every person in the room bought them. They all wanted to be a member of our little fascist club, really. But nobody saw it was a little fascist club because everybody is like, wow, right. and this is all great. And like in the beginning, oh, and we all have to put a mask, oh, and you have to wash your hands. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's so many parallels. And tell me this, <laughs> uh,
0: tell me this can people watch The Wave is it on YouTube or something or, or is there a yes, video yes
7: yes it's, a, it's in a German in the Germans they have D Welle, D E uh, the D then the I of Iris then the E of Eric and then Welle, W E L
0: L E W-E-L-L-E. I've got to ask you, I'd love to speak to you again, but I, I've got so many calls to take. I've got to ask you this. So it's D i e w e l l e. Look for it on YouTube. Can
7: I just mention one more thing because this is a message of hope too. Please. In this whole play, there was one person of the whole year we played it who saw it coming in forehand. And she rose up half an hour before The play is on its end, and everybody realized that they're becoming Nazis, really. Uh, And this lady, she stood up, and she said, Oh, uh, you're all Nazis. And she she got out of the room, and uh, we went into the corridors to find her, me and the, the director of the play, to congratulate her, because she had been the only one in so many people. But look today, how many people have awoken? It's incredible. The wave is already made, really. We are already so many that nothing can stop the truth from coming
0: out. That's brilliantly positive. I've got a quick question for you, and I've got to take another call then. I'm so glad you phoned in, Annika. Um, You're in France. I think you might be Belgian, but you're in France. Tell me this. uh, Emmanuel Macron says that he wants to piss you off and other people like you. Have you got a message for the French president by any chance? (laughs)
7: Um... You can say it in
0: French if you like.
7: Uh, no, really not. I'm I, I'm speechless still. I have to say, I don't know what to say. I'm really speechless that this can can be said and and, and done and and it's it's just uh, it's mind blowing. But a lot of people are speechless, and a lot of people are making fun of him. He's got a, a another story of Brigitte Macron might be a man, yeah, which is in in a lot of press. So. You know, people are more laughing than taking him serious, but it's the press. It's really the power of the press. It's the power of the internet. Before this all happened, I called the director and I, of the play and I said to him, Jesus, I feel this wave could be coming back because we have the internet, we have social media and we have censorship. And they, those are signs of something being something set in big, place.
0: Yeah. Annika, look, I'm going to take another call. Thanks so much for phoning in. Thank I'm you, to meet taking you my
7: call. I'm so happy. You can't believe I'm so relieved that I can finally tell you this.
0: <laughs> well, it's been an honour. And I want to say again, folks, go to YouTube.com, look for D-D-R-E-V-E-L-E, W-E-L-L-E. That's the wave. You'll, you'll, yes. you'll see exactly what Annika was talking about. Um,
7: and so you do uh, Rom Jones. He's uh, the guy who made the play. And you can also the book. So you can, uh, there's also a book, Rom Jones.
0: Brilliant, Annika. Thanks for that. Lovely to hear from you. Annika there, who's in France near Bergerac on uh, Wednesday's uh, Richie Allen show, which is obviously live from uh, BBG terrace here in Salford. It's coming up for 19 and a half minutes past six. Do uh, get in touch with me through... I'll give you the jingle again. Go on for the crack show. Sure, we paid for it, didn't we?
1: It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. 818 2018. Talk to Richie
0: now. Welcome back. And Rita is in Italy somewhere. Rita, how, how do I, what do I say? Do I, I don't say buongiorno. What do I say to you in Italian? What, do I say ciao? What do I say? I don't know what I say. Welcome to the programme. How are you?
8: I'm fine, but I can I can't hear you properly. What do I need to do? I'm sorry. I've never been on the radio before.
0: You, you can't hear me properly at the moment, no? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll clear the call and get you back and sometimes that makes a bit of a difference. I don't know why it does, but it does. We'll try Rita again. We'll try her again. Oh one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. That's the number if you're calling in the UK. Plus Plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. Rita, I hope that's better. Are you there? Hi. I can hear you loud and clear. But you can't Uh, hear me. The
8: problem is, yeah, I'm here, but unfortunately... Okay. You okay, might you great. might be you
0: might be playing the program on the same I device. I am. Right. How well, do I get rid of it? right. Well, I'm just going to pull down your mic. Close the internet site for the moment that you're listening to the program through. So close my website or close the player, and then you'll be able to hear me perfectly. So do that, and then we should be able to talk. Rita, you see, is on Skype talking to me, but on the same computer she's actually listening to the Richie Allen show, and there's a seven and a half second delay. You see. And it's confusing. So she's hearing me twice. So she needs to turn me off. And then she'll be able to hear me clearly. So that's one to keep in mind. If you're calling me on Skype, don't have the program on the same computer because you won't be able to hear me. Rita, how is that? Any better?
8: I can hear you now. Can Ah, you hear me?
0: Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Bellissima. (laughs) Which part of Italy Um are you in?
8: I'm in the northeast, um, just about an hour from Bologna on the Adriatic coast. So oh. a very lovely part of the world and it's a beautiful place.
0: You lucky soccer. But it's well,
8: it's, but it's pretty awful at the moment. It's, Why? What's happening? Um, because a- I would say that Italy is uh, has the most draconian rules in the whole of Europe. And I'm not sure that British people are aware of it. I'm British. Um, I live here because I married uh, a local man and I brought up my family here. But um, we basically have to show past to go absolutely everywhere. Um, and we've had, um, from, I think, February, um, um, over 50s, um, vaccinates, vaccinations are mandated for over 50s. Um, from February? Yes, um and I'm very
0: sorry, no Rita, to do this, because I am a gentleman. Will that affect you?
8: <laughs> it would have done because i'm fifty two I don't have any problem telling you my age, but I was going to be suspended anyway. I'm a teacher and I would have been suspended already, except I caught COVID over the Christmas period because they've made the VAX mandatory in Italy for first for healthcare workers. That was last April. And then for teachers from the 15th of December. And so I, um, have been testing every week, twice a week since September because In in Italy, we have this green pass, and you can get it in one of three ways, by being vaccinated, by um, actually having recovered from COVID, or um, uh, doing testing, a a test which only lasts for 48 hours. For basically, if you want to work, you need to test every 48 hours. That's going to be extended to um, all workers, very soon, so um when you talk about um health workers in the u k from April, uh, it's already happened here. um my daughter do- this uh, this goes from twelve years upwards, by the way. My daughter since um uh I can't remember exactly because there's so many rules here. We have a decree we've had we have a decree every couple of weeks. There was one on the twenty third of December. There was one last week. Um, there's just con- rules uh, continually be changing all the time. You're being and bombarded. More and more
0: bombarded, you're being there. And can I just clarify this? <clears throat> so you're you're going to lose your job? Well, uh, I'm
8: not now. You're not I now because co- you had I'm the call. Not COVID. now because I will now have a green pass because our, over the Christmas holidays. I um, caught COVID.
0: Now, tell me this, Rita. How long will that last? How long will you be able to retain this? Six the green? months. Six months, right? And then in Which six months. Which is the same as a vax right. person
8: at the moment. It That's used to be moment. longer. If you were vaxxed, you used to have this green pass for nine months. And they've reduced that to six months. Your, um, your head must however, be spinning
0: there. Sorry? Your head must be spinning there. I mean, this is insane, isn't it?
8: It's, it's mad. And I. I I um I, I I can't believe it's happening my own my daughter because she isn't vaccinated can't get uh, a bus to school from um yes from yesterday at the moment she also fortunately caught it so she will all also have a green pass for 6 months now so um but it's just mad I um I can't believe it's happening so, and kids are masked. When you complain about the UK, kids have been masked since the beginning of the pandemic at school. Every child. What do you uh, think? You're, you're a teacher. In primary school.
0: You are a teacher. What do you think that is doing? What effect is that having on children, do you think, Rita?
8: There's a a huge amount of problems, a huge amount of psychological problems with kids. Um. And it's just awful speaking to kids the whole day, doing my job, looking at these kids with a mask on the whole time. Me also, obviously. Um, I'm no expert, but I I think it's very detrimental. And it's a combination of the situation, um, the fear, all these rules, draconian rules. I mean, basically, we're in a dictatorship in Italy. There's no other way to describe it because at the moment we have a technical government. You may know it's yeah, Draghi, uh, yeah. Mario Draghi, who is a, who's an ex um, head of
0: banker. I think yeah. he's
8: an ex, yes, ex bank a bankster. Yes. Yeah, of course he is. And, he's a criminal. Um, and
0: there's another criminal sorry. trying to take his place. Berlusconi is making a comeback.
8: Well, that is for Berlusconi is for uh, the head of the republic, which is different at the moment uh Draghi is the head of basically like the commons like the actually elected um um house yeah and he, he, he is a technical government which is he's been put there by the head of the the president of the republic i don't want to go too much into italian po- politics
0: it's fairly complicated there do not know techn- that yeah. it's
8: a technical government however he has no opposition none None of the politicians here are saying a word.
0: Same here as you know. I don't need to tell you that. It's exactly the same here. Every single one of the parties is, is locked down harder, locked down sooner. Uh yeah. Uh,
8: but it's much worse here, I think. And um at least Boris was elected. <laughs> you know. Um... I'm no fan of Boris Johnson, but Mario Draghi is a technical head and there is no opposition. There was a a press conference two days ago about the new rules, and none of the journalists, I mean, I I listened to you, I've been listening to you for a while, From I'm not sure how long. Um, I I know about you, Richie, via Vernon Coleman, who I came across first uh, during lockdown. And the journalists at the so-called press conference yesterday, or no, well, yesterday or the other day, I think it was maybe it was Monday. They basically ask no questions against all the draconian rules.
0: Yeah, you've seen. Nothing. You've seen when nothing. You've seen the press conferences from Downing Street. It's it's the same here. The journalists ask, "Why don't you do it sooner? Why don't you do it sooner?" Nobody's asking questions, and, and and you'll know this, Rita. There are tens of thousands of doctors, qualified men and women, who say this is crazy. It's dangerous. It's going to cause more problems for people, and it doesn't prevent any viral transmission to begin with. It's absolutely maddening. It's. I'm. I'm sad to hear the the, the situation there. I didn't know it was as bad there. I, I really didn't. I knew yeah, it was bad the worst last year, thing is
8: but that we have these passes, which is something you don't have in the UK. So basically, it is basically like it's a dictatorship. We are showing passes to go everywhere restaurants, what? work, work. I've been showing a pass to go to work since September, since the beginning of the school year. And I've been getting my pass by having tests, which I pay for. That's another thing. In Italy, there is no free testing. No are, lateral the, free are, the tests. are they te- the expensive? It's 15 euros. You go to a pharmacy, you don't do it yourself. You can do it yourself, but it's not official. They don't trust do it you. Yourself, yeah. No, so you either go to a pharmacy, and then you you that will produce your forty eight hour green pass, but that's no good anymore. Um, I from the fifteenth of December, teachers, um, um, policemen um, have to, and some categories of workers since the fifteenth of December have had to prove their vaccination status and they won't be given a green pass anymore. So I risk being suspended. I don't know how I managed to catch COVID. My husband caught it first. And then um, I caught it from him over the holidays and my daughter also. And did any of you have any
0: symptoms, Rita?
8: I did have a few symptoms. I had a high temperature for about three days. But I have to say, nothing that um, affected my lungs or my breathing. So, and not even a cold. You might have had. had
0: a, you might have had a bit of flu, maybe. For all you know.
8: Maybe it. it maybe. maybe yeah. But we tested and um, we were positive. So I, I had just aches and pains. It maybe it's Omicron. I didn't lose my taste or anything, which is what's. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how really. All I know is that now because I've been positive, I will be um, given this green pass for six but months. For,
0: but just for six months. Can I ask you this before I take another call? and I'm, I'm glad you sure. got through. I really am. What, how's, how serious? I mean, could these measures in Italy become serious enough for you and your family to think about leaving?
8: I certainly would, absolutely, absolutely. I, I uh, but I don't know if it's going to go that way. For example, in the UK, I'm British. I could return to the UK, but I'm afraid that it will go that way there. I don't know. Does it? Can you imagine it being that bad, Richie?
0: <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I can. UK? I can. I don't want to depress my UK-based listeners, but I can, but not for a while. I think it's going to quieten down for a bit. I think. And then it's going to be ramped up again. uh,
8: Sorry, I mentioned this press conference um, uh, earlier because there was actually a journalist from the Times, the British Times, and he actually asked Draghi a question, Mario Draghi, and he said, you know, well, we seem to, you know, in the UK, Omicron, you know, we're talking about it being less, um, you know, less... very dangerous yeah. dangerous than you know the past you know um delta and and whereas you know Italy's doing exactly the opposite where we're, we're getting tougher and tougher with our regulations whereas in for example in the uk there was nothing there were no restrictions over the holidays no but that's christmas. funny
0: that's funny that because the advisors to the government wanted very very harsh they restrictions did. over the christmas and the government seemingly resisted it rita I'm glad you gone through. I, I wish you the best there. I've, I said it to Damien earlier on. I don't, I mean, it's unimaginable. I'm not going through it, so I don't know. Facing up to the sort of pressures and stresses of green cards and passes to go to the cinema and all that nonsense. And you've got young uh, children as well. So just bloody good luck with it. And uh, if you do end up thinking about going anywhere or getting out of there, look, stay in touch with the show and drop me a message and we'll talk again.
8: Thank you very much, Richie. Thanks so much. Yeah, the worst thing, can I just add one more thing? Of course, it's you the can. Kids. Go ahead. My daughter, for example, other kids that are unvaccinated who don't have a green pass can't do sport. They, basically, all they can do is go to school now. So they're not allowed to do their after school sports. You know, it's, it, this is how bad it can get. And we're just in Italy, I'm not in Timbuktu or somewhere far away. And you Victoria. said she couldn't
0: get get the school bus yesterday because she she's not well, well,
8: she didn't go because she's uh online she's online she's because she's positive she's still positive. We have to officially test negative, but from yesterday, if you don't have it, you couldn't get a, um so some of her friends who are not vaccinated couldn't get the bus
0: couldn't get on the bus. imagine telling a mm, child yeah. imagine telling a child you can't take a bus right to school because you haven't had a job. That's absolute madness, Rita. It's
8: madness. It is indeed. So I'm sorry to... It's
0: madness. (laughs) But I
8: just... When I hear everyone talking, complaining about the UK, it's just so much worse here. I just can't believe it's gotten so bad and people can't even go to work without being jabbed. And that is why Italy has got... When they talk about why Italy has such a high rate of vaccination, that's the reason. They've just been coerced to death.
0: You know... (laughs) It's mad, was, It sounds like a madhouse. Your place at the moment. It's, uh, it's, well, it's just half seven there. You're probably just finished dinner or about to have dinner. Do stay in touch <laughs> with me now. I mean that. I Let me know. And, and uh,
8: thank you for all your good work and uh, keeping us sane. Thanks.
0: Not at all. Arrivederci. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Arrivederci. Arrivederci.
8: Arrivederci. Thanks, yeah. Rita.
0: <laughs> Grazie. Bye for now, Rita. There on the line from the northwest, the northeast of Italy, the Adriatic coast. I think Rita said, "Mother of God, eh." Imagine telling a child you can't get on a school bus because you haven't had a jab. Uh, UK landline, I think. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with?
9: Hello, Richie. It's Robert from North London. Hello, Robert Um, to North
0: London. Welcome.
9: Thank you, sir. Thank you. And uh, First of all, let me apologise to actually uh, for having to ring off the last time I spoke to you. I was a dude that was having an operation and was feared of being injected with the, the, the so-called vaccines whilst I was under. I you. remember it well.
0: I remember and, it and well, I Robert. Up. Yeah. I
9: well, I'm actually headed home to my North London residence um, from deep in the uh, the belly or the anus of the beast in the city. So, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm headed back. But what I wanted to broach with you, um, Richie, was the fact that I think they're actually running by on their own schedule, these... Um, the powers that be, the cabal, whatever you want to call it, which is why they're doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on their rhetoric and, and bullying. Uh, it's actually happened at work now, where they've actually changed the, the protocols. I have to have a I have to have a lateral flow test every day that I go in, every day, every day, and every day that I go in. And I was I was carpeted um, yesterday because I snuck in, I, I snuck in my um, stuck into the Christmas party without being double vaxxed and and having a lateral flow test. So obviously they didn't want my filthy carcass in there, (laughs) even though they enjoyed my company and I enjoyed theirs. And I was carpeted by my line manager for this.
0: You were hammered because you went to the Christmas stew unjabbed and yeah. you didn't take a test and they found out, so they decided to carpet. And, and how, how serious yeah. was the carpeting? I mean, are they threatening to suspend you or anything like that?
9: Well, uh, I think that's probably in the post. I think they're trying to... I work for a, an American company and, and they're. Um, I think they pretty easily panic the Americans, uh, unfortunately. I think maybe they, if it would help if they had a... A war on their shores for a change—that'd <laughs> that, that, probably rationalise them. Yeah. But I think it's in the post Richie. I could really feel it coming. I think they're w- working ways. I think they um, the legal departments are working overnight, um, in order to actually place a protocol, uh, put a protocol in place where you you have no wiggle room left. It's either piss or get off the park. Feel it is my language. So no, no, no. That's um, a good analogy. But, that yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I. Uh, It's it's incredible, and And how do you? you, I mean,
0: you sound so jovial about this, and yet, you know, if I was in your situation, Robert, I don't think I'd be jovial. I think I'd be screaming Mm. bloody murder. But you seem a bit nonplussed about it.
9: The thing about it is, I, I, you know, if you're employable and you've got confidence in yourself, and uh, you you pay things forward, and you literally just walk around with an open heart and kind to people, I think it will come back to you. And I don't do it for that reason. I do it because it makes me feel good. It's yeah, the right yeah. thing to do. And um, the lady that was on your show on, I think, Monday, uh, that, that nice uh, lady in Portugal. She, yes, Jenny, um, yes. She, yeah, she showed um, just a real note of optimism, and I think it gave a lot of people a shot in the arm. Um, no I, her, pun intended. So I, <laughs> No pun yeah, intended. <laughs> yeah, no fun intended. Yeah, so you know, I, you know, and I'm having one of the. Was uh, the
0: Jesus, the line is gone. Bad. One of
9: the things I have to do is ask people for their vax passes. So effectively, they've won now. They are vax passes because, uh, like your friend Hayden Hewitt um, said, they're actually weaponizing they're weaponising businesses in order to do their bidding for them. Yes, that's so right. Now, getting
0: getting the private sector to drive this agenda.
9: Absolutely. Yeah. And the private sector will literally do anything in order to to to, uh, to curry favour. To remain with,
0: open, to remain trading yeah. so they can make money. Yes, yes.
9: And to be part of the cabal as well, because a lot of these are deep, deep, deep in the mire. Um, I actually, there were these two lovely people from Denmark came in for a... Uh, uh, a visit today and uh, part of my duty is if the front receptionists don't catch them I've got to ask them for um I've got to ask them for their vax passport effectively so they have to show me it on their phone now I actually said I feel like you know I said I feel like gripping through a rubber over here asking you for your
0: a papi- papier, papi- you know? yeah
9: absolutely and, and she said well no 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 don't worry about it it's kind of, and they, it's the willingness Richie. It's a willing.
0: They're so to willing actually... to. They're so willing to present you with their vaccine pass. Absolutely,
9: yeah. which is something that is just so none of my business. It's incredible. Yeah. It's um. But when I got carpeted, I I had um the email that was sent out to the company with the um with pink highlighted, uh, you know my transgressions, and um he, he said, well, the line manager said to me, well. Didn't you, um, didn't you read this? I said, oh, to be honest with you, I can't remember. We get so many emails out. And I was actually going to say, listen, I was so fucking drunk, I couldn't take a lap contest <laughs> anyway. anyway. So I was really telling him, he just telling that, but he doesn't have our sense of humor with so you. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to wish you a happy new year and you Frogger Tremendo and your fur babies. Ah,
0: thanks and thanks I'm going to off
9: and, and let you all go, but thanks for taking my call then.
0: No, delighted to hear from you again. It's been a while. You, you made me laugh that time you talked about the procedure and worrying that you might be, uh, that they might surreptitiously sort of uh, jab you. I, yeah. I remember it well. Yeah. Many no, happy no, but returns. But,
9: and but, uh, by the way, I'm also known as BackBeat, for those that are curious.
0: On, on, on the website, that's right, yeah.
9: I, I am that one, Yes.
0: Yeah. And thanks for commenting on it and keeping the fire going there and everybody else who comments on it. Robert, God bless mate. Stay in touch, won't you? Okay, Richie. Bye take for you, now. Bye bye. Lovely, fantastic stuff. That is not interesting. There, you know, he's asked to take the vaccine pass passes of visitors, and I suppose he can't just wave people through because this is all this is all done with phones and stuff and scans. So you couldn't just wave people through. So so we won't we won't give him any stick for that. But the willingness of people, he said, that struck me there. The eagerness of people to present their vaccine passes. Is there something going on there? You know, this feeling of worthiness, of being good, of being a good person, a decent person. Look at me. Look at me. I have my vaccine pass. I did the right thing for society. I'm a good person. Um, I think we've got Wes from Alabama back on the programme. Wes, good afternoon. How are you? Richie, can you hear me? Ah, oh, loud and clear. It's like you're in the next room, Wes. Welcome back. Happy oh, New Year.
2: Happy New Year. Happy Birthday.
0: Thank you very much. Forty-seven, not out. I'm doing okay.
2: <laughs> good, 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 good. It's it's bright and sunny and warm here. I give uh,
0: over, today. Wes. Well, I don't want to hear that shit. It's absolutely freezing here. I have icicles on the end of my nose. It's not fun. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, well, you, yeah, I. Come, come July, we'll be bitching and moaning as well.
0: Absolutely.
2: It'll be 90 degrees in the shade. We,
0: when when uh, we when we first spoke some months ago, um, it was very heartening because you talked about how people from your part of the world, your neck of the woods, they see through this bullshit. They saw this coming. They see through it. They know not to trust the federal government and the authorities, you know, the CDCs and, and all of that. Uh, people are alive to it there. There's still a life to it, uh, there.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly now that this so-called Omicron has swept across the country, uh, and uh, people who did fall in line got the shot. Some of them, some of, of them, even you know, the triple jab, uh, they came down with the sniffles. Uh, did, it happened in my own family over Christmas uh the the extended uh black sheep of the family who live in DC and Boston graced us with their presence down here in Red Deck land and uh you know that they're, they're all in mass formation. Uh and uh they came up with the sniffles. And they, it sort of broke them out of their um you know, if you want to call it mass formation. Did it okay. really?
0: So so they have the yeah. three jabs and now they've got sniffles. So how did you observe that it wakened them slightly from their trance? What did they say about it?
2: Well, after the fourth home test with their sniffles and three negatives, and them bothering the doctors and the family for these constant tests, the moment they turn up with the sniffles, after the third, fourth, fifth test, and they got a positive, they felt like they were you know, they were ashamed.
0: Right. But yeah. they
2: kept testing to get the positive. It, it's it's really a religious call. That's hilarious. That's Hang on era.
0: a second anyway. So they have the sniffles, right? And they use yeah. a lateral flow test, and they're disappointed right. when it says negative.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Three times <laughs> over. Oh, one little girl, one little niece of mine, showed up at a Christmas party, and i swear on my mother's grave she had a dozen home tests in her purse
0: oh, and i Wes, said Wes, this is a
2: bloody pregnancy test i mean you yeah, you you know but but her her husband all the other you know extended family from up that way were just dead set on getting in the club or staying out of the club until they got into the club maybe that's a better way of putting yeah. It.
0: but yeah But... But little bit of hope that it sounds like for some of them there's a little bit of um, we remember W, remember W fool me once, shame on, on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I wonder is what? is it gonna dawn on people like that? Will it eventually re- will they realise I'm I've gotta be goddamn stupid to keep taking jabs and jabs and jabs and keep taking tests? Surely Wes. At some stage it's got uh, to dawn on yeah, them.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I talked with a university professor at a Christmas party, uh, who, uh, the, the, the more university education it appears to me now that you have, the more of a midwit you are, you know, a, a, a uh, <laughs> he, he, he said he would take a test uh, every, I mean, he would take a jab every week if they offered it.
0: You can answer the phone, Listen. I bet you. I bet you that's Sheriff Roscoe or Boss uh, Hogg or Boss Hogg wondering yeah, what are you doing on the phone. Hogg.
6: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Pardon
0: the, the rain. It could be Cletus, uh, the slack jawed yokel, wondering what uh, are you uh, doing speaking to that baldy gammon in Salford. But so so so, well, so the professor so so the more letters you have after your name, the more acad- academic credentials you have, the more stupid you are when it comes to COVID, right? Well, I think in some cases,
2: I no, no. no. I think you do. this this mass formation, I think, is clearly amongst the urban university educated. Now, I'll go back on that and say, you know, I'm I'm not urban. I, I, I've I've got some papers that say I attended a, a university. But once you get it's something strange. And I I've noticed it on your program, Richie, this urban rural divide is, is real.
0: I go uh, along with that. your
2: last, your last caller, you know, uh, the exception with your last caller there in London in the, in the anus of the beast.
0: Yeah. 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 Robert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Right. Right. Uh, uh, but listen, I've got, I've got plenty of docs in the family back to, to, to Damien's was it Damien your first
0: Damien hours? yeah, nursing in the northwest of the UK yeah
2: that that was quite powerful um uh his you know what he had to say I've got docs in the family Richie I I paid for my son to go through medical school uh and, and, and here's the thing that most people don't realize about American physicians they demographically, young doctors, are the most indebted demographic in the country. Four, five, six hundred thousand dollars in debt.
0: In debt when they leave
2: university. When they leave. And here's the thing: the banksters will come in in the fourth year. My boy was in medical school. They came in and they were offering signature loans to these kids. For homes.
0: Wes, you've knocked me down there. You've knocked me for six, as the cricketers say in England. Hang on now. When when students leave uni in the UK, they usually leave with somewhere between fifty and £70,000 worth of student loan debt. I was lucky. Went to uni in Ireland. Didn't cost me anything. The state paid for it. And I was even luckier... When I did a postgraduate degree in the UK, because the European Union paid for it, aren't I? Aren't I a splitter? Aren't I a <laughs> you right are bastard? Extra, extra I'm very you are. lucky, right? Yeah. You're honest. You're You're telling me you're not pulling the wool over my eyes. You're not pulling my leg. Not a half a million easy. dollars in debt, easily. My
2: Particularly God. if you've gone to private university as an undergraduate and private university for medical school, you could come out at 750K of debt.
0: Is that your son? Is that your son? Is he saddled with that debt now? My
2: my son has zero debt. You paid for it. Because I paid for it.
0: You're the man, yeah.
2: Because I knew knew this from the other doctors in my family. I knew he would be beholden to Big Pharma, and he couldn't properly practice medicine when he came out of school, if he's got a bunch of debt.
0: That's profound stuff that Wes, he wouldn't be beholden to big pharma. If he's, if he's not in any debt, well, he he can't be bought or he shouldn't be bought.
2: But see, it used to be that way. Uh, up until the eighties in this country, you could, my father-in-law, for instance, uh, managed to work his way in and out and, and probably left, uh, medical school with in the fifties or I'm sorry, in the sixties with, with maybe $5,000 worth of debt, which would probably be the equivalent of 50 now. Right. But now it's six and seven times that, what are they going to do? They're going to get out and they're going to push drugs. They're going to I don't,
0: write prescriptions. I don't care if you're
2: a GP. I don't yeah. care if you're a specialist. You are going to cut. If you're a surgeon, you're going to cut first because you've got a, not just a mortgage. You've got that on top of that debt.
0: You might have £600,000 worth of student loan debt, and you might have another £600,000 for your house to pay off. So you're, you're, you're over a million indebted to the banks, basically. And that is an honest oh, pressure. Uh,
2: average average 40, 40-year-old physician uh, might be carrying one and a half, two million dollars a debt. Decil-
0: That's just, a, I never knew that. Call me naive. I never knew that. That is amazing to me.
2: Well, What, what are you going to do when the hospital administrators who effectively run medicine in this country are taking central protocols from Anthony Fauci and the CDC, and saying, you're going to push this or you're out. Because a lot of these doctors now work directly for, for hospitals. They're not in private practice.
0: You're going to push what they tell you to push with? You're
2: going to push remdesivir. Yeah. It's still being pushed. in, in the hospital where my son's working on his fellowship, it's still to this day being pushed. And it'll destroy your kidneys. This Ebola drug that Fauci came up with that pushed, you know, that's the central protocol, Richard. And they know about ivermectin. Young docs know they're killing people.
0: They know that if they, they know they they could prescribe a cheap, very cheap, very accessible drug like ivermectin. And it would knock that fever down very quickly in the COVID patient. They know this. sure, Sure. And yet they can't sure. they know that if they prescribe it or they bring it up, it could put them in serious jeopardy. It might, you know, might cost them their jobs. Yeah.
2: Well, it's it yes, yes. Exactly. You're out. I mean, look at what they've done to Peter McCullough out in Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's the cardiac, yeah, Peter, yeah, the cardiac guy. Yeah, Peter, yeah, the
0: cardiac guy. I've seen some videos of of him on on YouTube. I've reached out to the gentleman, I don't know if he's got back to me, I'll have to find out. But do you want to give us a right. brief? Do you if, want to give us a brief summary of Peter as much as you know? Because we've only got two or three minutes left, anyway. Go ahead, Wes.
2: Okay. Cardio nephrologist. Uh, I don't mean to to uh, to tell anybody to listen to any other program, but if you really want to see McCullough over three hours, look him up on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, absolutely. To right.
0: Yeah, yeah, He was on with Rogan. Yeah, It's on look, YouTube. Look it
2: up. Yeah. He's in the same field my boy is in, right? My son tells me they have tried to drum him out of everything, out of conferences. Baylor University went after him. I think he, presently, a senior physician, a research physician, is in, I think he's in half a million dollar legal debt. They are coming after the docs. Big pharma.
0: And it sends a message out to every other doctor in okay, the country. Yeah. Look what we will do to you if you step over the line.
2: This is a top man. Top, top drawer position.
0: And he's the basically saying that these country. jobs are are, are are killing people.
2: Yeah. yeah. He
0: said for months
2: they got to stop it. Yeah. Anyway, I won't let you, I, I won't keep you, Richie. It's great to hear from you. Well, the one thing I missed saying last time I was on is this. Put your money where your mouth is, folks. This guy deserves your, your support. Put your hand in your pocket and, uh, and support The Richie Allen Show.
0: You're very kind, Wes. Thanks so much. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks. Th- 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 Take th- care, Richie. story about the, the Christmas good holidays and, and the family and oh, the testing and the, the jobs. Ah, well, it's great it's to catch laugh. up with you.
2: It's all uh, take care everyone. You
0: too, Wes. Bye for now. Wes there on the line from Alabama, and that just about brings the uh, phone into an end today. Um Yeah. Wow. Um we're we're nearly out of time. It's coming up for uh, four and a half minutes to the top of the hour. There's time for me to tell you that Catherine Blakelock will be on the programme tomorrow. Incredibly interesting woman, never short of an opinion. It's been quite a while since she was on. Uh, she's thrown her hat back into the political ring if I can say that kind of phrase there. She'll be back with me tomorrow. I I also, I'm pretty sure I'll have another guest as well. That's uh, tomorrow, Thursday's programme, five o'clock. If you're new to the programme, it is the Richie Allen Show, Monday to Thursday, five to seven. It is a live radio programme. It is live first and foremost. It is then archived on podomatic.com. It goes to uh, iTunes, it goes everywhere. But there's a lot of interference now. From iTunes and from Spotify, the programmes are being cut. They're not appearing. Don't worry, don't panic. I'm not trying to make myself a martyr. They are doing it to lots of people. So if you want to catch a, a repeat, best to find me on the website richieallen.co.uk or go to P-O-D-O-M-A-T-I-C, com. That's where the programme is archived because I pay for it. So they never edit it or interfere with it. So that's important. But the censorship is well, it's getting worse kind of week by week at the moment. But again, it's not just your Richie Allen show, it's others. Very kind of Wes to mention supporting the program. I do need your support, by the way. There is no advertising here. The programme is only possible to it's only possible to create it because of your generosity, here are the details if you want them. That's if you want them.
1: The Richie Allen Show relies on your support. Visit richieallen.co.uk and make a financial contribution today.
0: Yeah, so on richieallen.co.uk, it says support your show on the banner. There are bank details and a Patreon thing. Please help if you can. If you can't, if you're struggling, forget about it. Doesn't matter. Listen as much as you want and share it with other people. I'll be equally as grateful uh, to you. Leaving you and loving you today with uh, Echo and the Bunnymen uh, Bunnymen, Echo and the Bunnymen and their cover of The Doors People Are Strange because people are kind of strange, right? People are
6: strange